Welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your co Skeeter, and along with me as usual are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. How do y'all? Well, fellas, uh, let's go ahead and get started with baseball talk. Uh, not a whole lot of sports action going on with the university, but still have our uh, bat and ball sports going on. And Dandy came to town and I think we'd have been happy with just one win. We got that Saturday uh, or Friday, right? Yeah, the series started on Thursday because of Easter. Yeah. And so uh, Tigers win that one, but they did lose a series, uh, lost two out of three. Uh, Thursday night game, they got behind early and mounted a comeback and got thrown out with a runner on third, down one run in the ninth. Uh, so – very, very close to a series win against Vandy. So, still optimistic about the team. What are what are y'all's thoughts after another yeah. losing weekend? I mean, I agree with what you said because the Kentucky series was just abysmal. South Carolina got swept, but two out of three, we, we should have won those games. So, it feels a lot more like the same of that South Carolina series. We win one, uh, which is good. We needed that. But – um could very be easily been two out of three, and that's going to be the story of the season, in my opinion, is close but no cigar. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, especially in a situation like that where, you know, you have, you know, runner runner gets thrown out at third, uh, which would have been, what, the game tying run, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, was on a, it was on a hit. He was, he was the right. hitter. He could have stuck with the double but was going for a triple. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, you know, close game like that, you're trying to win it at home and kind of set the tone for the rest of the series, um, especially the first, you know, first game like that. So, I mean, it's what it is. There's not a whole lot you can do about it. It's just, you know, it is a little bit frustrating, but it was good to see, you know, some life in the team. We now sit overall 20 and 11. They're taking on Missouri State right now and beating them pretty, pretty handily. Uh, but, Update the standings. Vandy's uh, still top of the conference, uh, eleven and one. So we gave them their first and only conference loss so far into the season. South Carolina nine and two, uh, Kentucky nine and three. So they lost their weekend series. Uh, Florida nine and three, Tennessee five and seven, Mizzou four and eight, Georgia three and nine, and then you go into the West. And it's Arkansas eight and four. LSU seven and four, A and M five and seven, Alabama four and eight, Auburn four and eight, Mississippi State three and nine, and Ole Miss two and ten. Uh, we still, I still feel like the reason I'm optimistic is we've had about the hardest opening uh, schedule to begin with. Uh, you know, Tennessee has been our weakest opponent so far, uh, just going off standings. And so it's going to get easier, you know, at College Station this weekend. And so 
if we're going to take a, a shot at making a move and, and going on a run here, I think it, it starts now. Yeah, what's crazy is the basketball and the baseball schedules are, I think they're very similar. You know, you had a, a an okay non-con, you know, leading into the season. And then, you know, you get into conference play and it's, you know, a gauntlet. Um, you know, which is the SEC. I mean, the SEC is pretty stacked in just about every sport. So hopefully we see, you know, late in the latter part of the uh, the baseball conference schedule that, you know, things kind of lighten up a little bit. Absolutely. It looks like Carlos Pena is back too, which is going to be a big addition for this team. Um, he just walked right now. But uh, having his bat, I think, is going to be super helpful. Not that Bargo hasn't been good, but just more depth on that uh, guys to go to. Yeah. Barco hit a bomb uh, earlier tonight. I don't know if you saw it. Luke Mann hit another one, uh, moves him into fifth for career Mizzou Tiger home runs. Uh, still a lot of season left to play there, so he can he can get higher. I hope. I know, um, I know the team isn't quite great enough or good enough for like a bunch of the general public of Missouri to get in on it, but I think they're missing out because Luke Mann has been a really special player and. Um, He's gonna be. He, I mean, he's gonna be up there. I think with like the Gibson and the, you know, Aaron Crow and guys like that and Mizzou lore. So it's if you're watching, you know, you're. I think you're seeing something really special. And friend of the pod, Ty uh, Wilmsmeyer, uh, he had him a really good weekend. And I, I saw where uh, Warstick even gave him their Player of the Week or or Game yeah. of the Week sort of player. So. His bats definitely came around. Uh, Just had a nice single moments ago. Yeah. The the ladies, they lost two out of three against LSU. So, uh, it's not not looking good for softball to turn it on. You know what I mean? Just they've, they've never got their footing, never got going. It doesn't seem like once we've gotten conference play here. Yeah, that's uh, – it's a little disappointing of a season. Um I don't know. Um, sometimes, you know, programs have like one-off poor years and that's what we have here. I still, I still think coach Anderson is one of the best in the game and I think there's plenty of talent on this team. So uh, I don't know. Shock it up as a, as an L and see what they can do next year. Cause I, I think all the pieces are still there. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, when we talked to, when we talked to Julia, um, it, I mean, she mentioned how young the team was. There was a ton of experience on that roster last year. And for them to, you know, kind of have a reset year, you know, something like this was kind of expected. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the SEC on the women's side, it it doesn't get any easier than what it is on the men's side. You know, it's a a deep league just about in any sport you can think of. Um, And then let's go and hit the transfer portal here. Uh, basketball, we haven't lost anybody, but we didn't gain anybody last week. The name that a lot of Mizzou fans um, kind of paid attention to was Caleb Love from the St. Louis area that won a national championship at North Carolina, but didn't have such a good, good year last year within, uh, with the Tar Heels, and he entered the portal. And a lot of people, I think, were wanting him to come to Como and – a lot of reports were indicating that he was really considering it, but he ended up following the money and going to Michigan. Uh, I don't, I don't think he was 
a big need for us. I, I still feel like the big um, guy down low, number, you know, the the five spot is the the glaring need in this roster. So I'm not too upset about it. Are y'all? A little Caleb was kind of a big name, and he had a he had a really big uh, tournament last year uh, for UNC. Um, man, I here's why I'm disappointed. Uh, what he is known for, and what a lot of UNC fans don't like, is he just take he's a very good shooter, but he just takes high volume shots all the time, a lot of bad shots. I think he would have fit into Gates system and got a little more coaching from Gates and become uh, a really good player in that. It appears to me he went the other route. He went to Michigan with Juwan Howard, who's just going to let him ball and let him do what he wants to do. He's going to do the exact same thing he did in UNC. He's probably going to have a handful of games where he goes off. He's going to have a handful of games where he shoots 12% from the field. Um, I feel like I'm biased. I feel like the better option would become in Gates' system uh, and maybe fine-tune your skills a little bit, but that's just me. Well, yeah, I mean, for the fact that he's now had two opportunities to come to Missouri and hasn't, I don't know. I mean, we, we talk so much about the in-state pride and, and things like that, but now in the age of NIL, it makes you wonder how much of that is even, you know, uh, uh, even a factor in the recruiting, you know what I mean? I think a yeah. lot of it is leaning towards NIL, um, but I'll be interested to see. I know there's been some buzz on, on Twitter today talking about, Jawan Howard and uh, Stackhouse being considered for NBA jobs, so that may that may kind of shake things up. That'll be very interesting if it does end up, um, you know, coming to fruition. And by the time Jawan Howard builds his roster, you know, going into you know summer workouts and things like that, he may not even be there. Yeah, he he may be a whole different thing, uh, which I can see. I would I would think Jawan Howard would be more suited for the NBA than college ranks in the first place. Uh, so it seems like a lot of ex long players in the in the NBA go straight to coaching jobs. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead, Scare. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, you know, with and I think I misspoke. North Carolina did not win the national championship. I'm not going to say who did, but they did get to the national championship game and lost. So, but he he did have that experience. Uh, as far as football, we got the new offensive line coach, and within a week or two of him being there, we've lost uh, two linemen to the transport portal, uh, one of them being friend of the show, Luke Griffin. Uh, not really sure if that's a, a play-in time thing, because I, I, I got the sense from Luke when he came on that he believes he's starter. You know, he, he has a capability to play and start, and uh, he may have, may have not got what he wanted out of spring ball and getting the first team reps or something, so he may be looking for that playing time elsewhere. It could be uh, an offensive line coach wanting to bring some of his own guys. Absolutely. I think I think it would be a little bit of A, a little bit of B, honestly. Um, I mean, I know Luke said he was happy here, and I I'll, I'm going to miss Luke quite a bit. Uh, I actually I, I liked him when he was playing. I was a big fan of his before he came on the show. Then when he was on the show, just a good guy to talk to. Really enjoyed chatting with him. Um, and was hoping to have him back on. You know, we were all hoping to have him back on this season. 
So gonna miss Luke. I hope nothing but the best for him. Hope he lands somewhere. He gets some playing time. Just I hope it's not in SEC uh, East. Um, but uh, oh, my backyard. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Please don't be your backyard. <laughs> Please no. I can't. My heart can't take it. Uh, go to a Big Ten school or something, and and come on. Talk, talk about their deer. You can come back on and give us reports about that. That's right. Um, those big Wisconsin deer or something. Um, no, but. I, I can see it both ways. He's a good player. He needs to play. Also, man, uh, Coach Johnson's probably got his own guys uh, that he wants to bring in. And maybe just he, maybe Luke was in Bobby Lawrence. Got to give a shout to Bobby. Uh, he, I've been friends with his family when I was in college. Um, I hope that uh, they find playing time, but also may not be the worst thing for Johnson to bring some of his guys in. Yeah. I mean, you look at. Um it's almost expected now in college football that when you have a new coach come in, that they're going to bring some of their own talent. They're going to, you know, evaluate the roster and say, okay, you know, maybe this player isn't exactly what we're looking for, whatever the case may be. Um, I talked to Luke this week. I, I'm I'm not going to give out our entire conversation, but I'll put it this way. Um, It, how do I put this? It was not his choice to enter the portal. We'll put it that way. Um, he, he was pretty upset, man. Like, you know, he wasn't happy that that about entering the portal. Um, he didn't want to leave. And um, yeah, we'll just I'll just leave it at that. I'm not gonna. It, it's not it's not my situation. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna put. Um, his situation and, and the university's uh, vision, I guess, out there right now. Um, but yeah, he's like you guys said. I, I hope he lands. I know he'll land on his feet somewhere. Um, maybe it's you know back down a little bit closer to home, a little bit closer to Georgia. Um, yeah, but definitely gonna miss him. Yeah, that's that's a shame to hear. I was really hoping. I was really hoping it wasn't. That was not what happened. Um, man, that that's one of those things, and I'll just. It, it it's hard when you're so when you're so biased towards a team and you you love a team so much like I do with Mizzou and you kind of come buddies with a guy and something like that happens it it's it's a worst situation to be in but I hate I hate that for Luke I I really was excited to have him on next year and I I hope hope he does lands on his feet and does well yeah and I was I was worried that um you know when when Mo entered the Muhammad uh, Dr entered the portal uh, and Ronnie DeGray there were whispers of, you know, another person from the team entering the portal. And I was, I was worried that it was going to be Noah. Um, you know, after yeah. talking to him and talking to his dad last week, we know that's not the case, but man, that would, that would not have been good. And two guests of the was water Mizzou podcast at the portal. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially when they put their reason for leaving Mizzou, uh, Cole Finley in my DMs. Yes. I'm driving them nuts. <laughs> Driving him out of there. Get away from this fan base. Have this cold <laughs> message me. Um, it it does suck, uh, especially when you kind of get to know a guy on a on a personal level, and he kind of lets you know a little bit away from football who he is. But in the SEC, uh, you got to be competitive. You gotta you gotta look at any way to improve. And I think this is a 
a big make or break year for Coach Drink. I know he got the extension last year uh, to tie along with Coach Baker's, but uh, I believe if we're 500 or worse, I, I don't see the fan base cutting cutting him any grace after this season. So um, it's probably going to be brash and make a little bit more harder moves than what he's had to in the past, but it's the it's the way of college sports now. It is. It is. I mean, I don't know. The, I, we thought the same thing with uh, Coach Pinchton. You know, this year we thought she was going to be gone. And what was it, two days, two, three days after the season ended? She, you know, it was announced that she was coming back. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, Desiree Reed Francois is a little more forgiving than we uh, would believe originally. You know what I mean? We don't. We don't know where, so all we can do is speculate. But yeah, with football being the the primary, you know, money maker uh, for the university, obviously aside from like tuition, um, <laughs> you know, when you think of SEC, that's 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 what it is. It's football. So if you're not, uh, you know, if you can't with the big dogs, then stay on the porch, I guess. I don't want to diss on job. women's basketball at all, but I. I think you kind of nailed it when you said that football is kind of the big dog in the SEC. I think the level of patience is a lot less with SEC football and basketball than it is with women's basketball. No, no offense to the team at all, but that's well, uh, what ESPN contracts about is football. I also saw an article that you know said it wouldn't make sense financially to buy out your women's basketball coach just from the revenue. You- you want to recover that. And I believe she only has one more year on the contract. So just let it go. um, You know, they they were trying to make, make it to where you can understand it from a different light on why she gets another year. Um, And I hope she succeeds. I don't want any coach at Mizzou to fail regardless of, of name or anything. You know, it's kind of like the president uh, whoever gets voted in, I want them to be successful. I don't want to get on an airplane and hope the pilot don't know how to land the damn plane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my future, my kids' future depends on success of the president, and it's uh, the university depends on the success of our coaches. So I don't yeah. want any kids to fail. Good point. Y'all have anything else on on sports? No, sir. No, I don't believe so. Well, let's go this ahead. And a, go. This go baseball's ahead. been a great top of the ninth. Have you guys been watching that? No. Just beating the crap out of Missouri State. Hank the Tank said a triple. He's not exactly a fleet-footed guy, so that's pretty funny. <laughs> Too bad it's uh, today and not yesterday because yesterday was National Siblings Day, so it would have been nice to, to hand Mo State that loss on National yeah. Siblings Day. Siblings Day, little brother. <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's go ahead and roll into – Outdoors, uh, y'all got a little season opening day coming up here uh, fairly quickly, I believe, before the next podcast, right? Absolutely, we do. Uh, Spring turkey. Spring turkey, Tuesday morning. Monday morning. That's what's going to – I got confused there. You're right. Uh, Hopefully, we have some good stories to tell after opening day. Hopefully, we all get opening day gobblers and we got some cool stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's um, I, I always uh, Dad and I were talking over Easter um, 
Easter supper on uh, on Sunday. You know, we him, me, Dad, and my brother-in-law Matt were all kind of sitting around and wondering, hey, you know, where are you plan on going for opening day? And I was like, I'm going wherever the birds are. So it's going to be a little bit of a, a scouting mission later on this week. Um, may get up early one or two days and go listen to two different spots. I've already listened at one and heard a couple birds there, um, located some birds on public. So there's only one other spot to listen and then I'll kind of formulate a plan. But I don't know about y'all. I suffer from uh, paralysis by analysis or analysis paralysis. Basically, like I, I can't decide where I want to go. And because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, if I go sit in this spot or I go hunt this farm, uh, maybe they're going to be, you know, they'd be in my lap in a different way. We've talked about that with, you know, game cameras and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm just kind of on the fence. Um, I don't think I'm going to put it into bed on uh, Sunday night. But what I will do is just kind of listen and gather as much intel as possible for for opening day. Yeah. So what I like to do, so I'm in a, a situation where my favorite property to hunt isn't mine. It's not even my in-laws. It's uh, a longtime friend of my father-in-law who lets us hunt his um, 400 acres of crop. And we don't have free range to go scout that whenever we want. So we'll go out. Um, I usually go out Easter weekend or a couple weekends before. I didn't get to this time. So I'm going to go out this weekend with my father-in-law. Maybe do a little bit of owl calling at, at dusk. Um, just look around. I, there are spots I know I like out there. And that's gone each way for me. Um, I went up there the, the Sunday before, threw a ground blind up, and decided this is where I want to sit. Not more than 10 minutes in the daylight. Two big toms come over the crest. Boom, boom, double up. We've already got our birds, you know, opening my morning. And I've also, like last year, chose a spot. That was a great spot. The birds went everywhere but there on the property. So um, it's, it's, I would like to do more scouting out there. I don't have a lot. So it's kind of like I look for, you know, tracks is the obvious one. I like to listen. I've got general ideas of where they go. If it's going to, rain the next day i know they might go in certain spots if the way you know it can be windy they may go in areas that's kind of why i choose on opening day for like like that now it's it can obviously be different if you're it's your property it's you know it's something you're doing a lot of time on um you know you may have you may do a lot more scouting i'll be honest on my property my spot is so small that um i really only know that they can be in two or three big fields so i've only got two options maybe three to really go sit at. So that's kind of how I choose and kind of how I play it on, you know, yeah, I mean, where I'm going to that day. Easy. It's either they're either there and you can hunt them or they're not. Absolutely. So it's kind of nice, but, you know, bad at the same time. Um, yeah. No, I'm excited. Very, very excited. Um, hoping to. I don't know. I don't want to wish away the turkey season, but I I don't know if I've ever got an opening day bird. So that'd be exciting to to get knocked down. I got a bunch of other <laughs> bunch of other projects I need to get done. So again, not to wish away the turkey season, but it'd be nice to get it done and then you know have uh, thirteen days until I can hunt again. You know what I mean? So I maybe messed up the worst I ever messed up the year my wife was pregnant with my daughter. Is when I knocked out that my biggest tom ten minutes into the season, mm-hmm. 
And then I was like, well, you know, I got my bird and, you know, I can just take it easy. Um, so that was my last year where I was, I wasn't a dad yet. After that, when I am a dad and I've had to be at the house to help out with things, yeah. it took me until like the last day of the season. That's not oh, a joke. Yeah. The year my the first year I had my kid, I got my bird at six thirty a.m. six thirty eight a.m. the last day, and I texted my wife and I said I'm done, and she thought I just give up on the season finally, and she's like, "Thank God you gave up. Come home." I text her back and I'm like, "No picture. I, I got a tom on the oh, ground. There's a bird right here." Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's so funny you say that because yeah, like now I'm like, man, I get the birds. I got I got at least a week off where I could just you know, right, not get control from the wife. Right, resets, rest some of your other properties, and I yeah, mean, it trust me. As much as I love turkey hunting, dude, it's tough, man. I don't know how guys like the hunting public do it. Where you know they talk on on some of their podcasts about how. You know, oh, you need that. You need that day of reset. You know, take a break. You know, run into town, get a shower, get a hot meal, uh, lift the spirits back up. But man, turkey season's a grind. You know, waking up at four a.m. and then you know going going and hunting and chasing birds and then going doing everything else that you would normally do makes it tough for sure. No, it does. It does. But I mean. The way I look at it is I, I work Monday through Thursday and that's that's I'm getting opening day off and I'll be honest, as soon as noon hits, I'm probably have to go and hit some accounts up and do my job because no one's gonna cover me correctly, you know? Yeah. That's my bottom line. Um but man, I am only guaranteed Saturday and Sunday, and then we got you know, family things going on where I miss a Saturday here and there. So it's a yeah. it's but when you get those days, man, you gotta use them. It yeah. is just it is so imperative because it's, I mean, I get taking a break, but if I take a break, if I, if, if I take a break and season over, season is over and I'm going to immediately regret taking a break that day. Cause I want to go do it this next Saturday and I can't. Right. You know what I mean? I, I do. I guess we're just going to call this, uh, portion of the podcast during Turkey season, the case and cold portion. Cause it's Skeeter. <laughs> he's not Skeeter. a big hunter, So he's just sitting here. He's like a listener at this point. Well, uh, I, I was going to tell you all, uh, it was youth weekend here and, uh, my boss, he's got the, the camp in, in the middle of the national forest. And, uh, he had a friend of his bring his, his boy down. And I asked him yesterday, I said, well, how's, how's y'all's weekend? He said, I, I believe we killed the first bird in the state. Uh, oh, nice. he said, no. No sooner daybreak, uh, turkey roost was real close to him, and the tom flew in and said he was within yards already, and they barely hit the little box, you know, just barely hitting the box, trying to get him get a few steps toward him, and, and the kid laid him down. So sun wasn't even up over the ridge. That boy, that boy. So I I did have some. A, a turkey story to tell you, but uh, it, it does not include me. <laughs> You're living, You're living no, vicariously good. through your coworker. Well, I, I do want to. I do want to ask you all. Uh, we kind of talked about it pre-show. Everybody likes hearing the success uh, of of a good hunt, but uh, I'm sure y'all like me. When it comes to whitetail, I've got more. 
hunting failures and hunting successes. So give me your biggest turkey flop. So my biggest turkey flop is some kind of lives like I can't live this down. Uh, I don't know if anyone has met me. Um, I'm like six foot five and I was, I've been a big boy my entire life. I'm probably the thinnest I've ever been in my life right now, but I used to be, when I first started hunting, I first met my, my now wife and then girlfriend. I was like six, five, two eighty. Uh, so that's a lot of dude to keep quiet, marching through the woods. And the man that taught me to hunt is my father-in-law and he is one of the best hunters I ever met, but he is a small buff guy, five, nine on a good day, five, 10 of boots. So he just, he is nimble as hell. He goes through the woods like it's no one's problem, right? And so I want to go, I want to start hunting. I want to get a turkey hunting. It's spring. He's like, you come along, Jake. We know we'll show you what it's all about. So we're on, we're on a property he uses. And um, we've been sitting for a little bit. And he's the kind of guy where if we sit and the sun comes up, you don't see him. He is up. He is going through the the woods. He's going through the next clearing. He's going to find the turkey. He's going to get to the turkey. Um, so he's like, come on, we're going. So I am trying. Guys, I am green as hell in the woods. I don't know how to take quiet steps. I am just, you know, I'm tripping on everything. I'm making every noise possible. I can feel him glaring at me. Uh, <laughs> he is unhappy with the amount of racket yeah. I'm making. And then we get up on a ridge and we see four toms. They're not, they're probably 80 yards out. So they need to come in a little bit more. He looks at me and he goes, down. He's like, get down. So I go to get down. And as I'm going down, I trip over a tree. I fall. I fall straight down. I make as much noise as you possibly can without without firing my shotgun. I make as much noise as I possibly can. Those birds get up and just haul ass out of there and get to the next field. Oh, of course. And he wants to be cool, but he's looking at me and he's just like, <laughs> just staring me down. <laughs> I, I never felt so small in my life. I felt I felt about oh, as big yeah. as an ant right there. <laughs> Especially with your father-in-law, man. Like you're right. That's. It wasn't Golly. even my father-in-law at that point. That's my girlfriend's dad. I was trying to impress well, the guy. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that might be even worse. But mine's um, mine's not really embarrassing as much as it is just a, a blunder. So my first, um, I guess it was really my first year after the military out hunting back in Missouri on my own. Uh, I was out, you know, hunting before work and, uh, was bouncing around on some uh, Mark Twain National Forest here in, in Boone County. And original setup didn't kind of come to fruition and uh, it struck a couple birds from a trailhead and was just going to kind of slowly work my way in. And this was a, a mistake on my fault looking back at it now. I, I struck them with a hand call. So, you know, I called, they respond. Typically, they're going to start, you know, moving in. And so I started trying, or, you know, I tried to start closing the distance on them. And uh, what it is, is essentially a big open cattle pasture with a bunch of different ridges. You know, these cattle pastures feed off into a bunch of finger ridges. And then where those finger ridges start, it starts woods. So I'd heard them probably three, 400 yards away. So I start making my way through. And there's two of them and they're just hammering. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to get set up. And they're getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm not calling at this point. I'm just walking through this field, like trying to get set up somewhere. 
And I'm like, okay, well, if I crest this hill and I don't see them, I'll just set up right here. And there was actually like a big oak tree and a couple little scrubby areas where the cattle had worn out the underneath side of the brush, but there was still a small canopy. And so I threw my Hindi, <laughs> excuse me, threw my yeah, Hindi koi out about maybe, excuse me, golly, 15, 20 yards out in front of me, which looking back on it again, I shouldn't have done. And um, it wasn't any sooner that I belly crawled back, got set up, pulled my face mask up, and these two gobblers come around in the corner. And at this point where they rounded the corner, they're probably 70 yards. And I'm just like holding completely still, set up under this tree. And these dudes took one look at this decoy, gobbled, and walked away. Like, if you're a real hen, we're going to gobble and you're going to follow us this way. And, uh, yeah, long story short, they continue to gobble and gobble and gobble. And I, you know, I think I even left the decoy there at that point because I was like, well, maybe if I can cut them, get ahead of them and cut them off somewhere, um, make it luck. But, no, they were they were moving pretty darn good. And, yeah, I, I had my tail tucked pretty good. So I was like, man, I think it was even the third week of the season. So I'd been at it quite a while. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing, not much you can do at that point. Question. Oh, go ahead. Another question for y'all, uh, which I I don't really know y'all's layout too much. When I was born and raised southwest Missouri, uh, never really spent much time in the northern part. Y'all, y'all have many wild hogs up there. Absolutely they're not. Just, they're just starting to get into uh, Boone, Cole, and Callaway counties. So Cole County is where Jeff City is. Um, apparently they've crossed the Missouri river and have, you know, started making their way into, you know, north of the Ozark plateau. So I haven't seen well, them. I've never actually well, seen one in real life. Really? No. No. Not up here. Not, not up here in corn country. I get the actual animals and the fans. So I see them daily. <laughs> <laughs> But I was just <laughs> I was just wondering uh, if y'all were sitting there set up for a turkey and uh, like down here a hog come out what oh we got a <laughs> case has has a co-host joining uh, but what what animal other than a turkey would get you to to squeeze off on the old shotgun there. Well, I'll start. you I know, guess I'll leave with this one because uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, it was twenty twenty, I believe. No, twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, I called a uh, I called a coyote in, like to shotgun range. So I was set up on the on a property line, grown up property line up underneath the cedar. And uh, I didn't have a decoy out at this point, but was set up where traditionally I'd seen birds before. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there and, of course, you're keying your eye on movement for turkeys. And I'd caught movement just over this little crest of a ridge. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe it's a hen. Maybe she's got a gobble with her. They're coming in silent. Um, but it was fuzzy. It wasn't feathers. And... Uh, it was the coyote's tail and then she hopped up on a log 
And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this coy- now we're coyote hunting. And uh, so at this point, she's probably 120-ish yards away. And 2021 was when I first learned how to uh, purr and cluck with a diaphragm. I was like, well, what better time to, you know, test it out than on a coyote? And so I had a pile of leaves sitting beside me and I would scratch those pile of leaves and purr and cluck. And it was pretty incredible to watch that coyote, you know, go into, into stalk mode, you know, essentially that coyote stalking me. Um, I wasn't going to obviously let it, it, it's more afraid of me than I am of it. But um, yeah, she ended up getting within like 25 yards and yeah, I let her have it smoked her right at 25 yards. And uh, she, took a huge jump and dropped down into the super steep, um, you know, when creeks get like real washed out on the outside bend of a Creek. And, yeah. uh, she had dropped down that and kind of scurried through the Creek. So I was actually blood trailing the coyote. It was kind of fun to do, but yeah, she ran about, I don't know, 30 yards and piled up. And so, yeah, that was, <laughs> I didn't get a Turkey that year, but I did get a coyote. Hey man, a successful, unsuccessful hunt that, my father-in-law always says it's uh it's whatever hunt it is until you see a coyote, then it becomes a coyote hunt. Exactly. No, I take that back. I did kill a turkey that year. I think I killed. I think I shot a Jake first week, which I typically I, I'm not gonna do this year. But hey, I did kill a turkey. I guess that year too. So doubled up. Doubled up. Um. So that reminds me of a story. I didn't end up shooting this, but um, this was two years ago. It was the day before the last day of season because the next day I ended up shooting, uh, ended up shooting a Tom uh, right before the closing bell. But um, it was a Saturday before, and I'm sitting there. It's probably that's probably six forty-five, seven in the morning. The sun is just up over the ridge, and I can hear I can hear the birds to my to my my left. They're getting out of the roosts, and I can start hearing them come down. I'm getting pretty excited because you know the way I'm way I'm set up is. Rooster over on my left. There's a creek, and then I'm in an open field. So uh, my plan was, you know, they come down, they drink water, they hop the field, they shoot right in front of me. It's actually what happened the next day. But um, I hear, I hear a bird come down. It's the one I'm. It's the one I was planning on. But he comes down. I can hear maybe it was the hen because they were scratching. I hear scratching, and then I hear a loud hiss. I mean, it scared the pants off me. Loud hiss, roar, and then I hear something just beating something against the ground. Uh, bobcats, bobcats been sighted around here uh, quite a bit. Um, this is out of my range of sight, but it was loud, boys. I mean, like it sounded like this cat was right now, as close as that house cat was a minute to me a minute ago. Like it's, <laughs> it was, it was, it's a scary sound. And um, I heard the you could hear the wings flapping. You could hear them just beating that thing against the ground until everything eventually went silent. But that has got to be one of the scariest things. Uh, not scariest, like I didn't move, I didn't go anywhere. I knew it wasn't coming for me. But man, that sound is so aggressive when you hear it there in person. Uh, if that bobcat had come in front of me, it would it had been Gonzo. I would I would have put a turkey load right through it. So that I would I would shoot a coyote. I would also shoot a uh, bobcat that comes through me. Oh. Uh- this is a deer hunting story for me when I lived in Louisiana and uh, I overslept one morning. It was Sunday morning. And so I didn't even bother using the climber because I don't want to make all the noise because it was 
you know, the right time for to be moving in the morning. So I just sit at the base of the oak and I, I hear the footsteps through the leaves and I'm getting excited. And it was a 28 pound female bobcat and she stopped about seven yards, stared right at me. I drew back and uh, I wasn't sure I was going to shoot or not, but I, I didn't want her to come at me. And it, I always thought of the hunt videos I saw, you see them shoot them with seven mags and they'll flip eight foot high in the air and then they land on the feet and they take off running. And I thought I better make this count. And when I released, she fell over dead into a ditch and the arrow was right between her eyeballs. Damn. I'll do it. And I actually got her, got her mounted. Uh, she is off a piece of cypress off her back leg and her front front legs up like this with her mouth open and a wood duck flying off of the right hand. Like she's trying to jump at the wood duck. Uh, and I have a cousin in Branson that's right off Table Rock, and he's got him a, a nice cabin in five acres, and he's got all kinds of taxidermy uh, stuff with it. And so I called him Bob and Daffy was what I called that mount. <laughs> and uh, wife didn't allow it to be shown in the house. <laughs> that's, she, right. that's not her cup of tea, so I, I – lent it to my cousin to help decorate his cabin all right yeah, well it's 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 getting exciting man i'm i'm really looking forward to this year's turkey season um new property to hunt new birds to hunt uh, it's almost here it's almost here man I'm, i i get excited putting my vest together and getting all that stuff ready you know yeah. I think that's 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 so much that's a big part of the fun for me is you know getting your vest out, packing everything, right. getting your shells all lined up. I don't know. I just I love the whole thing. I love I love hunting. I love I love prepping for hunting. I love hunting. I love talking about hunting. It's just it's all so much fun to me. Uh, I am in contact with Mr. Lucas Bond, who's been on the show before, who's uh, public relations for the state uh, conservation department, and trying to get in touch with a uh state turkey biologist to come on and kind of talk about the state of missouri and the, the state of turkeys in the state of missouri uh so hopefully we can get that lined up fairly quick uh but next week we'll have maybe a turkey hunt or two to talk about and hopefully a series win in college station yeah let's talk about uh some down turkeys and some win- winning baseball it'd be a good show and some transfers in Transfers in. Need it. All right, fellas. Was always M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care.